by the <laughs> way, um, James Buchanan was the last Secretary of State to become president. Oh, really? Yes. Wow. So uh, Hillary Clinton, you were not paying attention <laughs> if you thought that being Secretary of State was going to uh, lead, lead a path. It has not happened since before the Civil War. Wow. So, yeah. I'm Trent Thompson. And I'm Marissa Macy. And this is Pardon Me, a presidential history podcast. And today we're going to be talking about James Buchanan. Yep. We're going to cap off season mm-hmm. two with James Buchanan. Oh, Bucky. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's the gay one. I, let me just say this. Uh-huh. Let's just say he's the queer one. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. Because I don't think he's gay. I, I think, think he's, he's bi. I think he oh, yeah. maybe even is like a little, I feel like he might be asexual or aromantic. Like he, we'll get into it. We'll get into it. When, I have, I have but so many thoughts. I just want to say no, yeah. no ace erasure, no bi erasure on right. this podcast. He is definitely our first queer president. Yeah, no, he's also one of our worst presidents. He's horrible. So I think that might also not be good representation. <laughs> By the way, I looked it up. Doughface. A doughface is a northern man with southern sensibilities. Right. So just he to was, start yeah. with, Buchanan was a doughface, just uh-huh. like Pierce. Uh-huh. They had the same quality of being the northern and I and I guess Martin Van Buren was the first one of being yeah. this northerner. That was appealing to Southerners. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of those people got to national prominence yeah. because of that during the time. Yes. Like that that was a almost a prerequisite yes. for like making it to the highest office in the land yes. during this pre-Civil War it's, period. There yeah. is a there is a lack of morality amongst the presidents mm-hmm. of this era. Totally. And it's not because the people who got nominated and elected just happen to be amoral people. It's that being amoral in this way is what it took to be nominated and elected. 100%. So, I, I mean, <laughs> you know, yeah, that's, that's, I, <laughs> I was cynical when we started this podcast. Oh, and, and it's, it's, it's only it's, kidding. <laughs> like, but let's start at the very baby let's start beginning. At the very beginning. Uh, James Buchanan was born in April 1791. Mm-hmm. Uh, George Washington had been president mm-hmm. for about two years at the time, mm-hmm. and the country was really new. Mm-hmm. So just keeping that in mind, he's of yeah. this like post American Revolution yes. generation. Yes. 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 Um, his father was an Irish immigrant. Mm-hmm. He was a pretty successful local merchant mm-hmm. and a justice of the peace. Mm-hmm. Um, Buchanan was the second child out of 11. Yeah. So first you know, boy. <laughs> first boy. Yeah. <laughs> and his mother, Elizabeth, was very uh, she was a very well-read woman, a very thoughtful yeah. woman. And yeah. she doted on him and was very uh, encouraging of little James Buchanan. Uh, yeah, he was a favored son. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 So at age 16, mm-hmm. he's enrolled in Dickinson College. He he's a successful student, but uh-huh. he's a little bit of a troublemaker. Yeah, he gets expelled. He gets expelled. And then, and then unexpelled or whatever you call that. <laughs> he, he like, um, vows he'll change. Yeah, we... Yes, I'm sure daddy sent a check or something. 
<laughs> so he, he vows to reform. Yeah. Uh, the college lets him back in. Sure. And I think like it's unclear why he got expelled. Oh. Um, but he was just gen had general like disrespect for like authority. Yeah. That kind of thing. Yeah, sure. Um, just rich yeah. kid stuff. He, he did turn things around, but then was denied scholastic honor, like kind of out of spite from the administrators. Oh, essentially. Really? Yes. <laughs> Like his grades were good, but they were like, mm, it was, remember when we expelled you? You graduated here, your grades, but there's some honor that you're not going to be given. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So he moves to Lancaster to study law, classic tale. Of course. We've heard it a thousand yes. times. Hey, um, listen, this yeah. guy has, uh, he is prolific. If nothing mm -hmm. else, he mm -hmm. has held a lot of different offices. Oh, yeah. So he He's was got very a great successful. Resume. Great resume. Yeah, a great resume. Love it. Mm. He is admitted to the bar in 1812. Okay. Heard of it. Heard of <laughs> so War of 1812 is going on. Okay. He volunteers for service. Okay. Uh, when the news makes it to Lancaster. And then he march it, He goes on march. Okay. 80 miles to Baltimore. That's pretty far. But then it turns out British had just ab abandoned Baltimore. Oh, okay. 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 Um, And then his company returned home. And that's it. Okay. But then he was able to say he was a veteran. He just marched though. Yeah. He just did a little... Bit of like basic, you know, basic training, and then he was home. Mm -hmm. But okay. then, so he gets involved in politics, and like he runs for the Pennsylvania House of Representatives, uh -huh. uh, and so he's able to say, like, I, I was I, involved in the War of eighteen twelve. And at the age of twenty eight, he mm -hmm. meets a woman named Ann mm -hmm. Coleman. She was the daughter of an iron magnate. He falls in love with her. Mm -hmm. He asks her to marry him. Mm -hmm. She says yes. Yes. But then there's kind of like these reports of his mm -hmm. like coldness and yeah. remoteness. She feels like he doesn't show proper affection. Correct. And then he goes out of town and he yes. comes back. And instead of coming right back to her, he goes to a friend's house, stays up all hours of the night, is talking to a different woman. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. She finds out about this. Mm -hmm. She breaks it off. Yes. And I read there's so many like rumors and tidbits sure. about the story sure apparently a friend of hers uh -huh. said something along the lines of i think he might just be marrying you for your money your okay. family's money okay so she breaks off the engagement with him mm -hmm. and then she goes out of town mm -hmm. she catches a cold she's given cold medicine that is an opiate mm -hmm. she takes more than she should have and she dies right so there's some questions as to did she intentionally overdose as a suicide or was this just an honest mistake kind of thing yeah um he takes it hard i think he feels very guilty we don't know if this was hard heartbreak that caused this to happen yeah but that's i think that's how he interpreted it and i think the i think in the official cause of death mm -hmm. like heartbreak is mentioned oh my yeah so yeah well she was an older woman she was a she was getting a little bit old to be married. Right. She I was, think she was a like twenty six or something. Yep. Yeah. But exactly. like <laughs> to put it in the proper context, <laughs> him like stringing her along was kind of a cruel thing to do. Right. Of if course. he wasn't actually intending to marry her. This wasn't like Carrie Bradshaw, yeah. she's yeah. gonna find love again kind of situation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so he's he's very devastated by mm -hmm. her death. Mm -hmm. He tries to go to the funeral and her her family will, will not, not let him come. Yeah. Um, and one way to the, that some historians then like put it mm -hmm. is that like 
And from then on, he would remain a bachelor. Yes. Right. Now, sure. Sure. I. Because that was the only woman that that he he ever was involved with. Well, I think there was some other flirtation things. Yes, but I have theories about all of this. Well, so, listen, yeah. uh, you know, Truman Capote had his little swans. That's what I'm saying, you know, yeah. So I, this is my take. Mm-hmm. I feel like he is probably a person who he likes women yeah. socially. Of course. And he says, like, maybe I'll be able to find an old maid who won't expect too much affection from me. <laughs> and yeah, I think yeah. that makes sense. I totally. could totally, uh, look, there is also the aspect of if you are not attracted to somebody, you know that societally you should be. Mm-hmm. There are people who will take it out on that person right. and have ill feelings towards them and, and, and treat them poorly. And in a time where everything is being so repressed, like yeah. people, people don't know exactly their true motivations for acting the way that, th- that they do. Yeah. So, That's you good. know. Yeah. No therapy. No therapy. <laughs> this is why this is this is the time when all the generational trauma was actually happening. <laughs> that that we are now like unraveling. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So. He has this like successful law practice, yeah. right? And yeah. he's like in the state legislature yeah. and there was worry that like this Coleman track, there's a lot of mm-hmm. rumors about the Coleman mm-hmm. tragedy and him and all this. It doesn't mm-hmm. end up affecting his political career. Mm-hmm. There was one really kind of sad rumor. I'm going to pass on. Oh that yeah. His, about because he had a, a lazy eye. Yes. And uh, it was just, you know, something with his eye, but yeah. there was a rumor that that was because he tried to hang himself. Yep. People, and that, <laughs> it's not yeah, true, but sad. Yeah. Rude. Regardless of what happened with her, he was broken up about it. It I'm was sure. not his intent for that to happen. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Of course. I mean, only people wouldn't have burned all their letters. I, Gosh. That yeah. would be a great if I had if I honestly, mm-hmm. if I had a, a like, you know, a three wishes situation, mm-hmm. restoring all burnt historical letters oh, would be a really good wish because like imagine. Yeah. Just I could spend the rest of my life just pouring over these just fascinating letters. We would finally know what Martin Van Buren had been up to. We'd would finally you do that? We, Yeah. You would if I if I was like behind this door, my uh-huh. closet door, which we know is where I keep the time yeah. machine, but in there is a microfiche like uh of all the the written letters of presidents and everyone. Yeah. You would be like, I'm going in, bring me a sandwich and just like start scrolling. Yeah. That would be nice for oh, you. Oh, unread letters. That's I love a, that for that's you. Like such a dream. He has a successful law practice yeah. and uh, he's doing well in the state legislature. Mm-hmm. He runs for the U.S. House of Reps as a Federalist Republican. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is in 1821. Yeah. And he wins mm-hmm. easily. Yeah. And he's in Washington now. And mm-hmm. he, he's going to spend a 10-year stretch in the House of Reps there yeah he was known for being really hardworking. he mm-hmm. was like a good legislature he was very good at like the backroom bargaining stuff mm-hmm. and he also gave these speeches that were like this is when he was a young man mm-hmm. very like legalese heavy mm-hmm. speeches so like technically speaking mm-hmm. good but mm-hmm. like not a great speech for yeah, like yeah. the layperson. uh-huh um, so he was known for being like a legal mind uh-huh. and 
for just being like a like a solid guy in the house. Yeah. You know? Yeah. When Andrew Jackson becomes popular, mm-hmm. Buchanan hitches himself to mm-hmm. him and he becomes a Jacksonian mm-hmm. Democrat, mm-hmm. especially since Andrew Jackson was popular in Pennsylvania. So yeah. this is a guy time and again mm-hmm. until until it until he gets too old to to be malleable anymore. Yeah. He will <laughs> kind of look around and be like, what's gonna be like the popular yeah. thing for me to yeah. do politically? So he's a real like politician in yeah. that way. Yeah. Um so in eighteen twenty six, he mm-hmm. is doing pretty well and he unfortunately not too Far before that had gotten on the bad side of Jackson yeah, and the Jackson election of eighteen twenty four. No, so <laughs> Buchanan was. In, if you remember, we talked about the corrupt bargain, yeah. like at the end of season one yeah. and at the beginning of this season. Um, we don't need to get into the details, but Buchanan was like kind of involved in it mm-hmm. a little bit, and mm-hmm. so he gets. But he's a younger guy than all the other yeah. people involved. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, he gets on Jackson's bad side yeah, for yeah. being involved in that corrupt yeah. bargain. Which it was, was complicated. Yeah, it's but, complicated. But, but Jackson holds a grudge. Uh, yep. Jackson held a grudge. That's all you need to know. Yeah. I sent him to Russia. <laughs> yeah. So he yeah. gets appointed to be minister of Russia. <laughs> now, hold on. Yeah. Real quick. Yeah. William Rufus King, uh-huh. who is the one that is most famously associated with being the lover of, of James Buchanan. Yes. He also spent some time in Russia. Mm-hmm. And there is a similar story about him, like, seeing the, like, Tsarina or whatever. And, like, she had just been married. Yes. And he asked to kiss her hand. Oh, and yeah. it was, like, very scandalous. And that was his similar story of, like, ah, I was in love once. In with, Russia. In Russia with the Tsarina. Who had just been married. Yes, they both had. So like, both Buchanan and King yes, had these I, stories from I, Russia. And I think that probably is a very typical, like, that to me is a big marker of gay. Oh, totally. Is um, like, I had this little tiny simulation of a relationship with a woman one time. And now it is my, like. Listen, if you're trying to just be like fitting in mm-hmm. with heterosexuality mm-hmm. you know going to russia as mm-hmm. the minister mm-hmm. and you know he did a great job in russia by the way he was yeah. a very good minister yeah, in yeah, russia yeah. um but to be going that come back and be like ah, mm. i saw the most beautiful one. it's like mm-hmm. you, no one can prove it yeah yes exactly <laughs> <laughs> and now you've got this far away love like yeah and you, it's easy and you get like you get sympathy low effort yeah oh yeah my yeah. girlfriend who lives in canada my girlfriend who lives in canada yeah, exactly i want to see the numbers on how many people who have a girlfriend who lives in canada ended up being queer that's in another closet that's another <laughs> wish that you make <laughs> So he has a successful stint in Russia. Mm. And the worry was that it was going to be kind of like political exile a little yeah. bit, but it's not. He comes back oh. to Washington in 1833. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I, but also, like, I believe that James Buchanan also had like a little flirtation with the same Tsarina. Yes, that's what I thought you were saying. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That is so, that is the gayest thing. So King goes, has this flirtation uh-huh. with the Tsarina. Uh-huh. Then Buchanan goes and has the yeah. same. All right, so he goes, so when he, I love this story mm-hmm. about Buchanan. So he goes back to Washington in 1833 mm-hmm. and 
Jackson's still president. Mm -hmm. He hears that this like distinguished English woman, I don't know who she was, was going to be coming to the White House. Mm -hmm. So he drops by the White House. (laughs) He finds Jackson and he tries to tell Jackson to like change his outfit. He's like, you need to wear something more distinguished. Listen, Jackson. And and like Jackson was like not having it. He was yeah. not liked by Jackson, he but was, he was uh, felt so determined that Jackson like change his outfit because uh-huh. um, he was actually very devoted to the president. Yes, and he was very yes. devoted to like you're going to have this English dignitary coming like we mm-hmm. need to impress her. So get that those ugly clothes yeah. off. Like so he queer always, eye for old hickory. Exactly. so Mm -hmm. he wins in 1834 as senator so now he's in the other house so he's got that resume on lock 1834 1834 and this is a a like very big time for the senate we've got clay we've got calhoun we have webster Uh um henry clay did not like buchanan and frequently Mm -hmm. bullied him Mm -hmm. like just ridiculed him and like just yeah (laughs) poked poked at him all the time And under Polk's presidency, Buchanan is appointed as Secretary of State. Yeah. He's in his mid-50s by this point and was kind of a grumpy presence in the Mm -hmm. Polk administration. Um, He's sort of like coming into his grumpy old manness. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. Um, He was also offered a position as a Supreme Court justice. He he, was? He wavers back and forth during the Polk administration and, and he ends up taking Secretary of War. State. State. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. So he takes Secretary of State because that is a better. Now, at this yeah. point in his career, he yeah. has set his eyes a little bit on, on the, the presidency. presidency. So it, being Secretary of State, mm-hmm. that is a better place to position yourself. Yeah. You can't really be like Supreme Court yeah, yeah, justice yeah, yeah. Exactly. and then like exactly. some and then easily hop to the presidency. Yeah. They um, tried that on uh, uh, JQA also to yeah. offer him the Supreme Court. Like, nah. He's like, mm, no, I got no, no, something no, else no. in mind. Uh, by the way, um, James Buchanan was the last Secretary of State to become president. Oh, really? Yes. Wow. So, uh, Hillary Clinton, you were not paying attention <laughs> if you thought that being Secretary of State was going to uh, lead, lead a path. It has not happened since before the Civil War. Wow. So, yeah. I didn't realize that. Yeah. Oh, it was like mentioned a couple times. Huh. And a couple things because I was like, no. No, no, that can't be. It, but it is. Check the receipts. But it, it be. It be. Well, he helped also when he was Secretary of State. He helped mm-hmm. with the Oregon Treaty, the negotiation mm-hmm. of the Treaty of Guadalupe Hidalgo mm-hmm. after the Mexican American War. Mm-hmm. Remember, this is a huge time for expansion, yeah. and Buchanan's got his fingers in all the pies, right? Yeah. Well, this is Polk is the one who pushed so far, yeah. so hard for the Manifest Destiny, mm-hmm. Destiny completion of the country, and like he's got. You know, Polk was like bold. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. Like he was brave as far as like we're gonna get. Well, I shouldn't say brave. He was ruthless. Yeah. And he's using um, Buchanan as his you know bludgeon. And yeah. Buchanan's not into it. Like he's like, oh, shouldn't we? Maybe. But he's like, no. He does it. I mean, like does at the it, end of the day, yeah. Yeah. He. It, I mean, I'm not. <laughs> yeah. But he was definitely like. I feel like Buchanan was the one on the uh, roller coaster. Was like. Yeah, exactly. And Polk was like, go faster. <laughs> go faster, yeah. yeah. So. But Buchanan, like, at the end of the day was, like, really a total patriot, mm-hmm. like, through and through. Mm-hmm. 
He, oh, he was a good boy. He believed in like American. Ex- oh, yeah. He was a good boy for, yeah, yeah. for the administration. For whoever for sure. he was serving. Yeah. And he believed in American exceptionalism mm-hmm. very heavily. Mm-hmm. Um, and he did travel quite a bit abroad yeah. at being minister and all of that. Um, yeah. He, but he, he traveled abroad more than he traveled up north. Yeah. So he never went north. Yeah. Of, like, I don't remember what the point is, but he never like went to Boston. Yes. Yeah. That so, was the one. I, yes. Yeah. Yes. He traveled south and he went right. like abroad and mm-hmm. all this, but all of his travels just when he would come back, he would be like, oh, there's no place like America. It's uh, really the best. Like he was yeah, yeah. really into that. Yeah. Like, oh, he loved just that. obsessed. Mm-hmm. So in 1848, mm-hmm. he's in the running for the Democratic Democratic nominee. Yeah. At this point. Yeah. But he's beaten by Lewis Cass mm-hmm. at the convention, mm-hmm. like really badly. Mm-hmm. He handles it pretty well, but then he kind of like is like, "Well, you're on my you're resentment my- list." Mm. Then he serves as minister to England under Pierce's administration. Yeah. Does super well there. He's very mm-hmm. connected. He's good mm-hmm. at his job. And then, and the good news is he's out of the country when all that horrible stuff is happening <laughs> with the, the Kansas Nebraska Kansas. Act. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, he's in England. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So then when he comes back, mm-hmm. you know, Pierce and Stephen Douglas, who's kind of like the hot shot in the Dem yeah. party. Short King Stephen um, Douglas. Yeah, short, short King Stephen Douglas. <laughs> they're all tainted by the Kansas issue. Yeah, yeah. And Buchanan is looking better and better. Nice. So he he ends up getting the spot on the ticket at the convention. Yeah. So he's our Democratic nominee. Yeah. Now. I want to pause here okay. on his political career mm-hmm. and make a switch over yeah. to his his personal life. Yes. His gay little life. His gay little life. His queer little life. Uh-huh. Um, and some of his views on slavery as uh-huh. a result of his Perfect. queer life. Let's so let's pause it. We know he's gonna so, become president. Yeah. So, so. we but we we've stopped at where he gets elected president and mm-hmm. we've paused and then he's like, I bet you're wondering how I got here. <laughs> And now we're going to show that we're going to go back about 10 years because by this point, yeah, if you remember from last episode and we've mentioned him a couple of times, William Rufus King yeah. was his assumed lover was also the vice president under Pierce, right? who passed away very early in the Pierce administration. He yes. was sick. He was in Cuba. He came back to America. He died. Yeah, we yeah. talked about him in Pierce. And, so when, um, when so when when Buchanan is becoming president, he's doing so without this person. That's been like it's, his partner. His partner. Whatever yeah. that meant, meant exactly, but yes. he was they were they were partners. Yeah, it's a very bitter bittersweet. Yeah. So so he meets King when he uh, comes to Washington, and he's part of like the legislature there. Yeah. Uh, they boarded on F Street. Mm-hmm. together in a, a house that was called a mess mm-hmm. where all these like single yeah. congressmen like would the live. the army would have your mess hall. Yeah. By the way. Yeah. At one point, Buchanan buys the house that Ann Coleman's family used to live in. What? Yeah. Creepy. It's weird. Like he, I don't love he, it. I don't love it either. Because he had a lot of money. He lived there for a little bit, I think. <sighs> yeah, I know. Mm. someone who doesn't just let things lie um so he at the boarding house initially Mm -hmm. there were like multiple congressmen Mm -hmm. um and then it just starts dwindling down Mm -hmm. until it's just the two of them there you know some get married and yeah these these yeah but like no one else new moved in they weren't like all right we got an opening they were like all right 
Bye. Well, Close the door on oh. another person. Okay, there's only two more left to get rid of. They're like marrying them all. I'm imagining this whole like alternate history you imagine that might it not differently. Exist. I know that's so funny. Yeah. We can both have we can both have our own little queer uh, fantasies about okay. how that went. Yeah, I just think that like. It, that is how it goes when you get older. People marry yep. off. People aren't as independent, and yeah. you are independent. Your friend is still independent, and yeah, you like look out over each other, and you're like, "Hey, it's just us, just us it's too. Just, it's just us here in this just, house just for move 13 this, years. Let me just move this microphone. <laughs> yeah, just it's just, just us me too, and you, and, baby, <laughs> in our podcast bed. In our podcast bed. That's Do you a, like the new sheets? I put the flannel sheets I on. I like the flannel Thank sheets. You. Yeah. It's, Regardless, they lived together for 13 years. They lived together for 13 years. Um, they had a very, yeah. 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 King was five years older. Mm-hmm. Um, King for sure yeah. was a homosexual. Yeah. Uh, uh, there's he, no, there's very little, okay. like, as far as like queer history goes. Yeah. yeah. They, they, so they both had a lot in common. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were both really hard workers. Mm-hmm. Um, King was about five years older mm-hmm. and he was a senator mm-hmm. had more influence mm-hmm. right he can becomes a senator later and he's, yeah. he's a representative yeah. prior to that um but the thing about king is he's from alabama yeah and his family owned uh roughly 500 enslaved people oh my yes so uh that's a lot yes at a family plantation in alabama so i mean this is this is deep south so again yeah he's regarded as being uh, a more effeminate man yeah but yeah so just remember king is Mm pro-southern pro-slavery like in the most like clear way you can possibly Mm be Mm -hmm. um and the two of them have this extreme closeness Mm -hmm. in it there's not a lot of remaining correspondence between them right because history hates us well so <laughs> yeah they didn't want know, to be known what they were feeling just hide it under the baseboards next time yeah. okay for the future generations just, uh, you know what would be amazing is if uh have you ever seen back to the future movies yeah how familiar with yeah them? yeah if we had a situation where like somewhere to show up right now outside my condo mm-hmm. uh we both get out of the podcast bed mm-hmm. and we go out and it's like that situation where it's like is there Marissa Macy here? <laughs> like, yeah. Like, oh, I, I, I didn't think you'd be here. I lost the bet. Well, here it goes. And it's just like a key. And it's like, I don't know. Whatever it is, you have access to all the papers ever. <laughs> they all hid them. They hid them somewhere. They hid them somewhere. They put yeah. them in a little hidey hole. Oh, I was going to talk about. Yeah. So there, we don't have their correspondences. Yes. So, but what there was yeah. showed a closeness, showed a lot of mm-hmm. like intimacy yeah um they were certainly partners yeah i can't imagine that it was it was at least a little bit yeah. romantic yeah, sexual yeah. all of those things i mean th- i you can't really know for sure but it, there is like an implication in their correspondence and yeah. what i will say so <clears throat> this is the big like mm-hmm. thing that i would like to make a point about mm-hmm. gay was not an identity at the time yeah it the term homosexual does not get coined until later in the 1860s in Germany. Mm-hmm. Now, based on the evidence we do have, mm-hmm. almost all gay historians mm-hmm. uh, or or historians who look at queer history yes. say that they were both homosexual. Yeah. Um, it's become very common mm-hmm. to write gays out of history. Mm-hmm. 
uh, and this has been going on like mm-hmm. since the time this was happening. Yes. To downplay homosexual tendencies and evidence and to mm-hmm. use the fact that it mm-hmm. wasn't an identity at the time to yeah. then claim that they were not that. How could they be that if they could not claim that identity? Yeah. What, while that is true, mm-hmm. that that like they wouldn't have called themselves gay or homosexual mm-hmm. and it wasn't a lifestyle, mm-hmm. um, that that is a kind of like this way that this stuff gets mm-hmm. written out of the history. Mm-hmm. They were in whatever way they were mm-hmm. queer, mm-hmm. but not in name. Mm-hmm. And between like this time mm-hmm. and like the 1920s, mm-hmm. it's not a condemnation mm-hmm. in most mm-hmm. like social circles mm-hmm. and situations yes. for there to be homosexual behavior. Yes. That includes between, you know, women had, very close friends. Yes, historically close friendships. Historically close friendships, which were gay relationships yeah, that yeah. were happening. But it was a it was a societal thing of like, oh, you know, girls. Yeah. You yeah. know, that yeah. was something that went on. And same with men, connect well-connected men in Washington and mm-hmm. politics, mm-hmm. um, in these circles. Like these were, you know, intimate relationships mm-hmm. that served them politically, mm-hmm. but also had just like Lewis and Clark too. Mm-hmm. Like we we write that out because there wasn't a name for it. There wasn't mm-hmm. a a label. They wouldn't have labeled themselves that way. And many of these men were married and yeah. had yeah. and had wives. And we won't know about yeah. most of them. Yeah. But um it was a part of society that mm-hmm. wasn't directly talked about. But like people teased about Buchanan and yes. King, but it wasn't like, ooh, it yeah. was like, oh, you know, his better half and like yeah, yeah. You know, oh, his old wife over there, you know, like they, it was very like, and some people may have had an opinion about it, but like, it certainly wasn't political exile. Both of these were extremely successful politicians. At one point they dreamed of having a bachelor ticket. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And they, and they probably, if King hadn't passed, then that probably would have happened. May well have. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I think like, that's just really important to remember. It's like queer history gets written out all the time and Mm -hmm. it's like, Oh, we don't have hard evidence that they Mm -hmm. were gay, but like, Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes you got to read between the lines and kind of be like, okay, we don't know really know exactly what happened, but, but Mm -hmm. a lot of this was going on at the time. I think that like gay people, have a lot of the same shared experiences of yeah. like experiencing their sexuality as something that is like oh I, this isn't being talked about in a context that I understand mm-hmm. and maybe I suppress it a little better maybe I don't that isn't happening as much of course with young people yeah um, and we can see like that progression but um I think that yeah, that tendency to just like, oh, that's not what this is. This is something else. This is this is something that's a phase, even to yourself, yeah. of like, oh, yeah. I, no, 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 I don't have to worry about this thing. And, yeah. and it only presents itself like occasionally and stuff like that. So, yeah. So when I'm reading about like, when I'm reading about Buchanan, I'm not like, oh, he was like, he was a dude having sex with dudes. I'm like, <laughs> oh, yeah, he had a woman that he was attracted to and he like thought, OK, I can make this work. Yeah. And, it, and it didn't work. <laughs> and I know exactly what that's yep. like, you know, yeah. 100%. So percent. Yeah. Yeah. So King does like we said, he dies in 1853. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's Pierce's vice president. Mm-hmm. This is a huge like tragedy for mm-hmm. Buchanan. Yeah. Um, King. King's influence on Buchanan 
Like, Mm -hmm. so we spend all this time talking about him being potentially queer. So it's like, but what does that mean Mm -hmm. for him politically? Because I think something in this podcast is like, we like to talk about the entire Mm -hmm. person, right? Mm -hmm. And their whole life to kind of Mm -hmm. show like, well, how did they get to that point? And why Mm -hmm. were they the way they were? And how did that affect the trajectory of the Mm -hmm. country? Mm -hmm. So his queerness, um, his relationship with King, had a huge impact on Buchanan mm-hmm. and the mm-hmm. the trajectory of this country, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Because Buchanan comes from a community in Pennsylvania that had a large Quaker and Mennonite population. Yeah. These are two groups of people in America mm-hmm. that were the first to be anti-slavery. In mm-hmm. Buchanan's home growing up, they did mm-hmm. employ black indentured servants. Mm-hmm. However, um, it is also important to know that indentured servitude yes. was not so different from slavery there yes. were versions of it that were were extremely yeah. like long long time periods yes. of yes. of like enslavement essentially yes um it's basically like slavery with a term it's right? yes but that's very loose and it can change and, and it can change and so yes. just just because pennsylvania did not have slavery yeah. legal yeah. um there were versions of it still sure. going on sure um but regardless, he grew up in a very anti-slavery, yes, like stronghold. He, but when he lived in D.C., he was definitely being served by people who were enslaved. Yes, he wasn't. He wasn't there. You know, he they they were working for other people, but sure. he was receiving their service. Uh-huh. And but, he and he loved it. Yeah, and and like King. King's not anti-abolitionist. King's not anti-anti-slavery. King is pro-slavery. He yes. is an enslaver. Yes. He comes from like a yes. Alabama plantation family. Yes. Um, his southern roots are so intense. And this mm-hmm. is a guy with like money too, yeah. right? So this is like the decadence of like, if mm-hmm. you think about like people who like put like the movie Gone with the Wind on a pedestal mm-hmm. and they mm-hmm. dress up in their antebellum mm-hmm. outfits like in that all that mm-hmm. just absolutely sick stuff that goes on in the South still. Yeah. Like that that's like what King is like what people are in. Like, yes. The, putting on a pedestal yes. like that that level of decadence that level of the imagery yeah. of the uh, Southern gentleman who has the leisure to study law and yes. and and create governments because his property is being cared for by uh enslaved people enslaved people yes that's that's very much the lifestyle that king like came from embodied yeah Yeah, Yeah. for sure and so much like anyone who becomes partners with someone and very close you do get influenced by their lifestyle by their political beliefs and that's exactly what happened with buchanan prior to king buchanan was like most Jacksonian Democrats, yeah. right? Just kind of like, well, you know, let's let the South do what the South yeah, does. Yeah. And anti-abolitionist, right, yeah. is kind of more the thought. Yeah. Um, but after King, you know, his his views personally get yeah. a little bit more pro-South. He's definitely pro-South. Mm-hmm. Pro-slavery. Pro-slavery. I mean, yeah. He never comes right out and says that, but that's definitely what's going well, on. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, the thing is, is that the South has built its economy on slavery and slavery is also a moral abomination. And so if you're going to allow people to continue to run their, uh, their operation, uh, you have to continue to allow them to have this abomination. 
Now, uh, not to say people are in the North aren't also laborers aren't also being exploited in this way yeah, or the other. Absolutely. There's yeah. immigrants that are not being paid well and stuff like that. But um, it's 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 not comparable. And to say yeah. that it is is yeah. is uh, disingenuous. And his views just in general, um, like many of the Democrats at the time, mm -hmm. like he believes that abolitionists are the problem yes. and that's the source of all the division in the country, yeah. not the institution of slavery. Yeah. His views very much so when it came to not only slavery, but the mm -hmm. Fugitive Slave Act, Dred Scott, mm -hmm. Kansas-Nebraska Act, and all these controversial issues we've talked mm -hmm. about this season. It was like, well, if the law decided what it decided, that's what it decided. So yeah. that's the law. Isn't it solved? Cool. All yeah, right. Bye. Be. Yeah. I Here mean, we go. Mm -hmm. I mean, mm -hmm. it was just he thought if like the law ruled on something, mm -hmm. then like, cool, we're good. Right. OK, well, cool. Everyone yeah. agrees. The yes. law it's in the Constitution. Like, yeah. that's what the Constitution like, says. Fine. So, we're good. We, we good. got it. We got the law to say it. It's it's wipes yes. his hands of it. To him, that's as far as he needed to go right. as a legislator, yes. as a president, as yes. all that stuff. So because he has the perspective of somebody who has the influence and the ability to make something law, mm -hmm. regardless of if it is right. Right. But you cannot change what is morally right. Right. This it, you can't yeah. buy it. So when people are like, oh, we made it the law. There's a point at which you're like, I don't care. Yeah. Anymore. I mean, it doesn't matter. You've bought off enough people that you've got it your way, and it's on. And I guess then I'll have to, I'll have to break the law now. Let's talk about with all that context. With all that. Oh boy. In the election, he beats Fremont, who ran for the Republican Party. Yes. Now this is a newly formed party, mm -hmm. and they just weren't effective. He wasn't really effective enough as a mm -hmm. politician, Fremont was, mm -hmm. to kind of give that new party what it needed to succeed. Yeah. He was he was a celebrity. He was kind of a, a famous explorer. Yeah, Buchanan wins and he vows that he's not going to in the election. He had vowed like he's not going to run for a second term. He does hold to that. But this mm -hmm. is kind of like an old wig idea, which is interesting. Mm -hmm. But for mm -hmm. Buchanan, it's um he's quite old. He's just shy of 70 years old when he gets elected, oh, which wow. is the oldest up to that point. Interesting. Um, yeah, and he will be the, he is the last president born in the 18th century. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah. after that, yeah. Yeah. And and Pierce, remember, was 52 when he left office. Yes. So we've grown from like a young guy. Young hottie. Young hottie to like old. old daddy. <laughs> old daddy. Old grampy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, grumpy grampy. He, I think the reason he was like, I'm only going to do one term is yeah. like. <laughs> rightfully so like he's gonna he knew he was gonna be quite old yeah yeah in yeah, his yeah. second term yes um you know and and one one seemed enough thinking that voters would be like yeah we love that dude they were like wait oh. are you basically just saying you're too old to like yeah, do what, this what does this mean <laughs> i'm not loving this enthusiasm yeah when you're interviewing for a job you don't tell them i am actually gonna only be here for six months yeah because then they're like oh well then we'll just hire someone else it was like this capstone on a very long, successful career. He yeah. had the most like robust like resume, basically, mm -hmm, of mm -hmm. almost any president we'd had mm -hmm. to this point. So, mm -hmm. especially compared to all, and everyone all we've losers. talked about this season, yeah. I mean, it's, it's like all these antebellum losers. Yeah, Buchanan definitely is like, all right, yeah, here comes the big time. Yeah, he was. The, yeah, there you go. And then still somehow ended up being terrible. Um, oh well, he's in the White House. Yeah, mm-hmm. He would go around the White House in patent leather pumps. What? And a robe. 
and was always talking about the good old days with the so this is like Hold his vibe. Sec. This is his vibe. Patent leather pumps. What yes. does that mean? Like I don't know. This is like what the a, book said. Not heel. No, it would be a, like a small heel. Like a oh, I gotta know. Uh, uh, this is an old timey shoe. It's not. It's not patent, like. A, it's not like what you're thinking. Yeah, of now. he's not doing like, like a Ron DeSantis like no. elevator. He was already a big guy. He wouldn't have needed that. No. But, but like leather. Let's. I'm picturing leather slippers. Then. Yeah. I'm gonna picture. Old man sure. leather slippers. Yeah. Okay. And yeah, he's really tall. He's super and loud. And a robe. And a robe. And talking about the good old days. Okay. And well, that's fine. Smoking I don't mind cigars that. all day long. Yeah. He would stay up late reading. I, I'm like okay. that. Yeah, it's a good vibe. Yeah, I dig he's it. got this at this point in his life. He's got white wispy hair that kind of has like it comes to a point on yeah. the top of his head. I thought he was pretty cute. Of, the, was, yeah. of him and King, I thought he was more the one I'd go for. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. These leather pumps were slippery on the floor. Oh, no. <laughs> so there's lots of stories about him, like, comically slipping around. This, like, six-foot-something guy. It's like, a Biden situation. In a, in a robe <laughs> and with his white hair. Cartoonists loved him. He oh, was always portrayed as, like, kind of like an old maid in the cartoons. Oh, um, also, he did this weird thing when, <laughs> when he would shake hands with people. Mm-hmm. He would offer two fingers. What? <laughs> So imagine you come into the White House. Okay. You're coming in to visit Buchanan. Why is he doing this? Listen, he's in some leather shoes. He's He's got his robe. He's got a white tuft on the top of his head. And he also like because of his eye, his eyesight issue, yeah. he w- he couldn't really like directly look at anyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That um, only gets worse with age. Yes, and so then and then you go to shake his hand, and he offers two fingers. Now, why did you do that? <laughs> Is he trying to trying something new? I don't know. Is it because his hands were so big? What are you doing, James <laughs> Buchanan? Oh, I hate that. You know that thing where like you shake someone's hand, you like tickle their palm. Yeah, like it's that that kind of thing. Of like, oh, you forced me uh-huh. to grab your two fingers in a weird way. Is that what he was doing? I don't know. It's mm-hmm. hard to say. It's hard like to it. say. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but. So yeah, of course he doesn't have a wife. So his sure. his the host of the White House was his niece Harriet mm-hmm. Lane, who had been orphaned and yeah. he had adopted. He took on a couple of his his nieces and nephews. Yes, yeah. yeah, he was a he was a true gunkle. and he had ten siblings. Ten siblings. So he yeah, wasn't m- missing out on children in his life. No, that's for gosh, sure. no, not at all. Uh, Harriet really brought like a lot of elegance to the White House during nice. this term. Nice. Um, the first party at the White House. I just love statistics like this, so Give just it. just let me yeah. say this, even Please. though it's so not important. No, no. Um, the first party that they had at the White House mm-hmm. for Buchanan was mm-hmm. uh included a four foot high pyramid cake. Four foot high pyramid cake. Yes. Go ahead. Four hundred gallons of oysters. Whoa! Hold on. <laughs> How many? 400 gallons. 400. Gallons. Gallons of oysters. Uh-huh. Uh, in addition to 400 gallons of oysters, mm-hmm. 500 quarts of chicken salad. Now, I do like chicken salad. How many? 500 quarts? Yeah. That's a lot. All right. Plus, a White House favorite, no? 1,200 quarts of ice cream. Oh, yeah. Now, ice cream's good. Yeah. 1,200 quarts of ice cream. Correct. Yeah. I don't like this image of that many oysters and no, chicken no, no, salad. No. And the food prep situation, I, yeah. 
so he's got this cabinet that's mm-hmm. a mix of Northerners and Southerners. Mm-hmm. Four sixths of his cabinet, though, were Southern slave owners. Okay. Like just straight up. Four out of six yes. of his cabinet members. Yeah. Okay. And then some Northerners. Mm-hmm. Uh Cass, remember he, yeah. you know, lost to him in the mm-hmm. Democratic Lewis Cass. Yeah, Lewis Cass. Um, he's his secretary of state, but mm-hmm. uh you know, Buchanan was a very experienced statesman and really mm-hmm. didn't have any mm-hmm. use for Cass. He was Mm-mm. like, listen, you're the Secretary of State, but I'm basically just going to do your job I'm going to put you in this position because I can do it. Yeah. Better. Yeah. Better and yeah. around you. Yeah, okay. exactly. Um, apparently his foreign policy was one of the few good things about Buchanan. Yeah, because he was experienced That's what he with no. foreign policy. No. Um, yeah. So, you know, really to... Start the term off with the bang. Um, In his inaugural address, Buchanan calls slavery, quote, happily a matter of but little practical importance. Mm. Okay. That sounds like uh, Washington. Uh Uh-huh. A little bit. And he had just been tipped off on the Supreme Court decision Mm -hmm. on Dred Scott. Well. Yeah. He. He kind of made that happen. And he also kind of made that happen. Yeah. He did. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> he influenced the court's ruling yeah. on Dred Scott. Scott, so just to summarize mm-hmm. this court case, mm-hmm. Scott was an enslaved black man mm-hmm. who sued for his freedom. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically because he had lived for four years in states and territories where slavery was not allowed. Right. He, as a result, mm-hmm. was like, I should be emancipated. Yeah. And the court decided. Mm-hmm. The Supreme Court. Yes. The Supreme yes. Court decides, no, we're, we're not going to, mm-hmm. you know, emancipate you. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're actually going to go a step further and just go ahead and say, the reason we're not going to do that is because, quote, because black people, quote, were not and could never become citizens of mm-hmm. the United States. Mm-hmm. Therefore, Scott did have, didn't even have grounds to sue in the first place. Right. So this right. is basically saying black people are not even really citizens. Yeah. Um, this is this is they never n- can be citizens. Correct. Right. So this is like one of the most infamous mm-hmm. court rulings mm-hmm. in American history mm-hmm. um, at the time. Mm-hmm. Even it people were like. What? Like, it was was not a popular decision at the time. It was assumed law. It was assumed to be that if a person was enslaved and then they were emancipated, they were then free. Yes. The the idea was assumed to be that a person could acquire freedom and then they would remain free. And Dred Scott says that's not the case. So there's no concept of of uh, a black person ever being free right exactly yeah. um and buchanan had worked to influence the outcome of the dred scott decision mm-hmm. starting in february of 1857 buchanan influences this mm-hmm. decision mm-hmm. he writes to his friend and the supreme court just judge who is from tennessee mm-hmm. um and starts kind of poking and prodding mm-hmm. his his influence is that or his Motivation for this mm-hmm. is that if the Supreme Court would just rule on it, 
then it could all be well and good and they could, you know, wipe their hands the whole thing mm-hmm. and move on and be like, okay, mm-hmm. well, the law says this now, so mm-hmm. we good? It's the same thing as the gag rule, yep. you know? We're just going to find a way that the law says we don't have to actually deal with this. Right. And and if we could just make sure that this this ruling makes it so that we could just rule on the status of black people mm-hmm. in America, um, we can use this as a turning point to mm-hmm. like have national harmony, right? Yes. Basically say, listen, we've appeased the South here. The North yeah. can do their thing. The yeah. South can do their thing. That's what Buchanan wanted. So mm-hmm. so he did write into the Supreme Court and, and did influence the yeah. decision. Yeah. It was a seven to two decision, wow. um, which is really crazy to think about. Uh, he gets to walk in like, well, that's taken care of. Da, cool. Da, da, da. We're done, right? Yep. He's like, well, there's one other thing I got to deal with, which is this Kansas problem. Oh, damn. Okay. So I really encourage everyone to listen to the Bleeding Kansas episode Mm -hmm. that's before this. Just it's a really, I I think, pivotal moment in our history. Um, But essentially left over from Pierce's presidency, Mm -hmm. there's this question of what are we going to do about Kansas? Mm -hmm. They've had uh, popular sovereignty is the lay of the land. Mm -hmm. There's been a lot of violence there. The people are supposed to vote on whether or not to allow slavery Mm -hmm. in the state. And it's an absolute disaster. So when Pierce leaves the office, Buchanan inherits this huge problem. He wants to resolve it quickly and put Mm -hmm. it behind him because that's just his style. Yeah, sure. Uh, He appoints an old friend, Robert Walker, as the new territorial governor of Kansas. He's like, all right, there's been a lot of violence. It's been really bad Mm -hmm. there. You go in there and why don't you oversee rewriting a constitution that we can accept in Congress and make Kansas a state? Cool. So Walker gets to Kansas and he's like, um... Real quick, mm-hmm. uh, just so you know, it mm-hmm. really does seem like the anti-slavery sentiment is, in fact, louder here. Mm-hmm. And I do not think that we would be able to get like a pro-slavery mm-hmm. constitution through. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and Buchanan's like, yeah, 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 just you'll figure it out. Sure. And and Walker is a pro-slavery guy, but he's like, this um, is a little of a, a step too far for yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. Like, I yeah. clearly the vibe here is not that. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Walker... Basically, he recognized there's not going to be a fair vote Mm -hmm. of the people like Mm -hmm. pushing, trying to push this through. Mm -hmm. Um, He was a believer in maintaining the Walker was uh, maintaining the equilibrium between slave and free state. So he's not trying to be like, let's just like, yeah, tip the balance like slavery everywhere. Yeah, exactly. He's trying to keep the union together in this way. Um, So he's not thrilled, but. A convention in Lecompton, Kansas, mm-hmm. is drawn up. Uh, it's a huge fiasco. Pro-slavery men push through a constitution that suits them. Mm-hmm. Like voters don't even really get to have a say. It's basically like, um, yeah, though, no, this is what we're doing. This so like it. everyone can like just shut up and sit yeah. back down. Walker then resigns. He's like, mm-hmm. I don't want anything to do with this. This mm-hmm. is a mess. Um, Buchanan accepts the resignation yeah. and then Buchanan decides he's just not going to interfere with what Kansas wants. So yeah. he's like, y'all did that constitution. Mm-hmm. That's the constitution y'all did. Yeah. So cool. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah. That's what y'all want. I'm not going to get involved. Mm-hmm. Uh, Democ- this puts the Democrats in kind of a precarious position mm-hmm. ahead of the midterms because a lot of people are looking at this and being like, this is not being handled yeah. well at all. Yeah. 
Uh, and Stephen Douglas appears on the Senate floor and like totally like t- he doesn't like specifically tear down Buchanan, but he's doing it in a roundabout way yeah. where he's talking about how this this constitutional convention is a total mm. disaster. And th- again, this is another Democrat, right? Yeah. So even Democrats are like, eee, is, mm-hmm. you don't love and not a loving mm-hmm, this. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and so it was seen as this violation of the fundamental principles of like government and democracy and yeah. all this stuff. Um, and so this lead starts to lead to a opposition of Buchanan yeah, and a falling out of favor from Buchanan mm-hmm. and a breakaway like pro Douglas faction oh, all nice. over this Lecompton uh, constitution yeah, yeah. and the issues with Kansas. So yeah. the Kansas drama continues. Right, right. Kansas then just, or sorry, Buchanan just digs in though. He yeah. digs in on this LeCompton Constitution and yeah. becomes determined to make it through co- Congress. Kansas then votes on it, rejects it. Yeah. And then Buchanan still tries to shove it through Congress. So even though Kansas is like, yeah, we're not going to do this yeah, Constitution, yeah. Buchanan's like, what? Yeah. Can't hear you. I'm putting it through Congress. He's going to do whatever he feels like doing. <clears throat> Because he wants to just like, again, put stuff on the books and yeah. say, there, it's yeah. the law, it's resolved. Yeah. Yeah. Period. So Kansas ends up uh. rejecting it after Congress passes mm-hmm. it and it's a whole drama and it doesn't, Kansas ends up becoming a free state <laughs> eventually. <laughs> the midterms happen and the Republicans make significant gains and mm-hmm. the Democrats do retain control of the Senate, but it's very clear that the Republicans are like on the rise. Yeah. So. There's a lot that happens with the Buchanan, lots of scandals, lots of mm-hmm. like corruption and mm-hmm. like all this stuff. Um, but one thing that does happen is uh, the return of John Brown. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So we talk about him in the Bleeding Kansas yeah. episode. Mm-hmm. He previously like massacred five pro-slavery yeah. people in Kansas. Mm-hmm. And what's he been up to? Um, yeah. So uh, he was like, okay. Time to do something oh. more dramatic. Yeah. Here I go. Round two for round, John Brown. I think it's like round three. Yeah, he like okay. did all, he's, he's, this guy, listen, he was a staunch abolitionist. Mm-hmm. He was really out there for the mm-hmm. cause, doing the most, doing literally the most. the most you could. Doing the most murderous. Murderous way to oppose slavery. Yeah. <laughs> so on October 16th, 1859, John Brown and a group of his supporters mm-hmm. Um, they go to Harper's Ferry, Virginia, okay. and they descend upon the town Mm-mm. and they cap- start capturing prominent citizens, seizing federal armory and the arsenal. Uh, Brown was hoping that the local enslaved people would join the raid, but they didn't. They were like, it's it's like maybe they don't want to die. Yeah, maybe they don't want to die. Like yeah. this guy does not isn't giving like, yeah, yeah. hey, we're gonna make out of the, make it out of this thing in one yeah, piece. Yeah. He's, he's not, not. He's not giving good survival vibes. <laughs> no, yeah, he's not. Uh, so um, he is held down by the local militia like until yeah. the next morning, right? Mm-hmm. Um, he ends up taking refuge in like the arsenal's like engine house. Yeah. Uh, but then late in the afternoon of that day, uh, the Colonel Robert E. Lee, who's head of the U.S. Marines we'll get at back the to time, him. we'll yeah. get back to him. Yeah. Uh, he comes in, storms the engine house, kills most of the raiders that yes. are there. 
um, and captures Brown. Okay. He's placed on trial pretty quickly um, uh-huh. and is charged with treason against the state of Virginia, uh, murder, and slave insurrection. Okay. Um, Brown was sentenced to death and mm-hmm. was hanged on December 2nd, 1859. So oh, wow. John Brown finally is mm-hmm. captured and meets his end. Meets his end. At the end of a rope. And everyone sighs a sigh of relief, even abolitionists being like, okay, yeah, we're not doing real... whatever that was anymore. Yeah. Like He was a real uh, loose cannon. He was really a loose cannon. Yeah. He really was. Uh. Um, so, okay, in Washington, though, mm-hmm. in response to this attack, uh, the District of Columbia police, like, had guards on the road mm-hmm. and all the roads leading in the city. There was worry about being, like, additional insurrection from other groups. Yeah. Um, the city also withdrew all permits that black people in DC had for parties and balls. They were like, okay, no large gatherings. They were just like, it was like heavy paranoia. Um, Harper's Ferry basically acted as this proof that Northern abolitionists were determined to like stoke rebellion in the Mm -hmm. South and do anything Mm -hmm. that they needed. So it was kind of like, yeah, so ding dang typical. Yeah. Buchanan like says absolutely nothing about it. Yeah. And then when he does comment about it, he's like just accuses the North of wanting to incite an open war. Yeah, sure. Great leadership. Uh, Thank you, James Buchanan. Another thing (laughs) during his presidency, there's this committee. uh, uh, This committee gets formed called the Cavode Committee. And it was formed to investigate potential corruption, treason, and incompetence Mm -hmm. in his administration. Mm -hmm. They didn't end up having enough evidence to peach, but like they just did the whole thing to embarrass him. He was very not liked. He what was did they call it? The commode? commode committee, which was the guy's name who not mm-hmm. commode. I was like, what are you saying? Over no, there? Cavode. Cavode. Committee. C-O-V-O-D. And this was after he was, uh, he was, he still in office. Yes. Yeah, okay. yeah. 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 He was still in office and it was this whole thing. And yeah, it was basically, they were like, yeah, well, we didn't really think we we're going to be able to impeach you. We just want to embarrass you. Oh, well, yeah. And have the trial so, and get all the evidence out there. Get it all out there and all that stuff. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, it was a rough presidency. Yeah. It was really rough. Yeah. Um, I do have one other story mm. about his presidency, which is that Buchanan's former secretary and the New York Democratic Congressman Dan Sickles. Okay had shot and killed Philip Barton Key, who was the okay. district attorney of Washington mm-hmm. and the son of Francis Scott Key. Oh. So Sickles had accused Key of having an affair with his attractive 22-year-old Ooh. wife, Teresa. <laughs> um, and they were, in fact, having an affair, okay. like very much so. Okay. Teresa was bored, not getting enough attention from Sickles. Sickles was known to mm-hmm. like have... Affairs problem. and other women. And Who the heck is he to be? I listen. Listen, patriarchy. I tell um, you. So Sickles and his wife had been frequent visitors in Buchanan's White House. Uh-huh. Um, Buchanan was very fond of Teresa. Ooh. Really, really not in that way, but just well, we kind of in that you know, like that flirtated, flirtatious, like yeah. you know, giggly yeah. way. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
But then Key and Teresa were actually seen together many times at White House functions. They were not being very sneaky. Like he like bought like a ramshackle house like on the outskirts of town and they would like go to the house and just like bang it out. Like and people like knew what was going on at the ramshackled house. Yeah. And (laughs) it was something a lot of people knew about. Buchanan like probably knew for sure. First you're going to get shackled. Then you're going to get rammed. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> that's good that's good you can have that one yeah thank you you can have that one thank you um but he basically so when this when this shooting happened he i mean like sickles shot and killed so where Key, does this happen like in the streets of washington okay so yeah. it's in washington mm-hmm. these are prominent guys it's a whole thing but like Buchanan probably knew and people thought that he probably knew because he knew all the parties involved sure. and, and all this stuff. So he tries to like cover his tracks and like mm-hmm. gets talks to like the newspaper people and like gets some statement put in about him not knowing what was going, you know, like okay. it just turns out being this whole thing. Um and Sickles goes to trial. He's acquitted, mm. um, even though there's like witnesses and all this stuff, oh because it was common for men who had killed the object of their like wife's affair or uh-huh. whatever to be if they killed the guy, they would just be acquitted. You know, I, um, <laughs> I know that trial must have been. Do you think at one point uh, Teresa, that was her name, mm-hmm. was like carted out and they were like, look how beautiful she is. <laughs> Is she not a treasure to be stolen? And is a man not to defend himself? I'm sure. I'm, I'm sure I'm they tried her the out. trial for you. Yeah. yeah. Uh. So she like spends a, a little bit of time away, but then like ends up returning to mm. Sickles. Mm-hmm. And then Buchanan and Sickles just like stay friends. And it's like all cool and stuff. Poor old <laughs> Key is dead. I know. Yeah. A man was killed. Everyone was just like, and back to normal. I... And Buchanan was like, well, the 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 court said you were acquitted. What is he? Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, and you know, when the law <laughs> says something, then it's settled. Well, how did Teresa feel about all this? I wonder her lover being shot. And... Um, we'll probably traumatized. Yeah, probably not good about it. Well, I don't bad. Know, maybe, maybe she felt like maybe she was a bad person. And she was like, hee, hee, hee. <laughs> I got my husband to kill someone. Little bit of mischief. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Okay, so Mm -hmm. it's 1860. Oh, boy. All right. Here we go. It's coming Uh, to the end of Buchanan's term. uh, Sorry. Sorry. A leggy Republican with a fashionable hat is... And apparently amazing thighs. Thick thighs. Thick thighs. All right. Only Buchanan can make it to the end of his term uh-huh. without any more drama. How cool would that Almost be? Almost there. Almost there. See He's it in not sight. doing a second term. No. Already He's said that. Ready to go mm-hmm. with his robe and his pumps oh, and God. his little little wisp of hair <laughs> and go back to Pennsylvania mm-hmm. and just do old man stuff. Yeah. That's the plan. Okay. Yeah. Now in 1860, in uh-huh. Charleston, the Democratic Party meets for a whole week uh-huh. and fails to agree on a nominee. All right? Yeah. It's not looking good. Yeah. Okay? Douglas leads the ballot, but, like, everyone's like, yeah, but we don't really want we him. We don't want him, though. And it was way too short of the needed count. Yeah, yeah. This is in South Carolina. 
Yeah. Yeah. So Buchanan makes it clear at this point. He's like, listen, if you think mm-hmm. I'm going to run for a second term, yeah, the answer is no. Just yeah. by the way, I know yeah. you're all thinking it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then another Democratic nominating convention mm-hmm. is held this time in Baltimore mm-hmm. with former President Pierce, Jefferson mm-hmm. Davis and Cushing. All, everyone but Douglas basically mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. like everyone's pushing for. Um, this also includes John Brackenridge, who's the 39-year-old uh-huh. vice president under Buchanan. Yeah, yeah, so this yeah. is Buchanan's vice president. Buchanan yeah. hadn't really made much use of Brackenridge, and it's kind of rumored that he resented his youth, and oh, like yeah. Buchanan was often very like belittling and like condescending to mm-hmm. Brackenridge. Um, but on a personal level, Brackenridge was like just far well, far more liked and popular mm-hmm. than Buchanan was. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, he he ends up actually winning a U.S. Senate seat in 1860 while still vice president, but then he like waits mm-hmm. till his the terms over to take it. Okay. So, anyway, the leaders of the Democratic Party think him to be like the best yeah, candidate, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, over Douglas, over yeah. So Buchanan, meanwhile, was like, I want anyone but Douglas. Yeah. Okay. Anyone but Douglas. Yeah. But he's like, but not Brackenridge. But not him either. They're like, but you said anyone but Douglas. He's well, like, but, yeah, yeah, but it could it not be Brackenridge? Yeah, I didn't Just mean not him. him, please, because mm-hmm. he's too young and hot. I can't stand it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So then that's how I, I get it. Douglas ends up winning the nomination in Baltimore anyway. Oh, okay. Okay. Hot. Um. But because they had chose to go by the simple majority, yeah. they don't push Brackenridge through. Yeah. Uh, and this ends up resulting in an um, this like almost immediate breakaway convention. Ooh. Right. So this is like a collapse of a party. Yeah. A breakaway convention happens and that breakaway convention names Brackenridge the nominee oh, of the, boy. quote, National Democratic Party. Yeah. They give it a different name. Yeah. 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 Um, then another party forms another mm-hmm. breakaway party called the Constitution Party and they mm-hmm. have their own nominee. So it's a mess. So then everyone's looking up Buchanan like, mm. who are you going to endorse, Mm-mm. buddy? Mm-mm. Like, because the actual Democratic nominating convention nominated Douglas, then mm-hmm. a breakaway one nominated his vice president. Mm-hmm. So then, all right, so so then he has this speech, right, mm-hmm. at a gathering in the White House to, like, give his endorsement. And this mm-hmm. is what he says. Okay. If the convention which nominated Mr. Douglas was not a regular Democratic convention, it must be confessed that Brackenridge is in the same condition in that respect. The convention that nominated him, although composed of nearly all the certain Democratic states, did not contain the two-thirds, and therefore every Democrat is at perfect liberty to vote as he may think. Yes. (laughs) It goes on and on and on in this like roundabout way where he's basically saying, yeah, but no, but yeah. He's so he's basically saying like this candidate was not nominated in a conventional means, but neither was this one. So people can vote for whoever (laughs) they would like. Is that? Yes. Okay. Just. Doesn't really make an endorsement, but like any part, anyone could claim it. So he's essentially saying. Like, yeah, I support my vice president. Of course I do. Yeah, yeah. Um, but also don't interpret that as an opposition to Douglas. Because I don't feel that way either. <laughs> I know. So yeah. it's it's also given the state of things and how mm-hmm. recent like more local and state elections had gone. Mm-hmm. It's clear that Lincoln's going to win. Yeah, it's clear. Like Democrats know it. Anyone who anyone who doesn't like accept that is like in denial. Yeah. But, 
Buchanan's in a bit of denial. Um, But the South at this point begins to threaten secession if Mm -hmm. that is the case. If Lincoln gets elected, we're going to secede. Um, And this is a loud cry, right? Mm -hmm. This is not just little whispers. Um, Lincoln does end up winning Pennsylvania, Mm -hmm. uh, which is Buchanan's home state. And this really incenses Buchanan. Mm -hmm. Um, Good. But yeah, so... And then he loses, and then Democrats don't win another election until 1844. Or sorry, 1884. 1884. 1884. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so, a week, so Lincoln's been elected. Buchanan's mm-hmm. now lame duck president. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. he's just there for the rest of his term. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Buchanan receives a message from General Winfield Scott. Oh. This is a week before Lincoln's about to take office. Yeah. Surely Buchanan can make it through his last week without a scandal. I would hope so. Nope, I'm not sure not, about that. Not with Winfield Scott, though. Nope. Uh, so it's relayed from Scott that a number of federal forts in the South are at risk of invasion. Okay. Um, and it's recommended that they should be garrisoned. Yes. Right. Yes. Um, and like Scott also has all these like harebrained suggestions and all this yeah. stuff. But uh, that's the gist of it. Yeah. The presence of federal troops and the danger of secession was like just a bad mix. Yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, Buchanan knew about these vulnerabilities mm-hmm. um, and multiple people after that point would be like, hey, you really need to do something about this. Yeah. Like, this is really bad. Yeah. What he should have done is recognized, if he was a good leader, yeah. he would have, and was listening to Winfield Scott, he would have recognized that there's unrest in the South and he would have sent reinforcements to the forts that were the federal property in the South. So right. they would not be captured by the Southerners and those munitions taken and used potentially right. against the United States. Yes, okay. yes. But so, he does not do that. He does not do that. He um another and then the governor of South Carolina warns Buchanan very directly mm-hmm. about secession. And South Carolina is the same state that was going to succeed secede during the nullification crisis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. They they were they were, they were like mm-hmm. we're gonna be the first. Well, ones here out. we go. Here we go. Yeah. Uh, divisions are like seriously rising within his own cabinet at mm-hmm. this point. Um, so any previous friendliness between pro mm-hmm. and anti-slavery factions mm-hmm. in Washington are like gone. Like it's like this is very yeah. tense. Yeah. Buchanan has this message to Congress where he's mm-hmm. basically like, yeah, like divisions are bad right now. Absolutely. Oh. He, his take <laughs> is divisions are bad or like, wow, divisions are bad right now. The second one? Yeah. Okay. No, maybe the first one. Both? Maybe both. Hey, listen. Divisions, bad. (laughs) Both, I think, as a concept, bad, and also the impact they're having right now is especially poignant and therefore bad. And then he's like, my solution to this Mm -hmm. is that I believe the North should, like, leave the South alone. Uh Uh-huh. And manage, let them just manage their thing. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And uh, North, you do your North uh-huh. thing. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And, uh, but like, listen, um, by the way, just so mm. everybody knows, mm. I got to say it, mm. Mm, you know, I hate to be mm. the bummer, but mm. um, secession, not allowed under the Constitution. Mm. Um, it's just not allowed. Uh, hey, and like, hey. I'm a law guy. Hey, everybody. Uh, I heard some rumors that people <laughs> out there wanted to secede and i just want to make it clear you are not allowed to secede that is against the rules so i know you wanted to leave but you can't because the rules are you have to stay 
Yeah, but also I was looking at the Constitution mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and like, there's not also, I just also want everyone to know. Mm-hmm. While I have your attention. While you're here, while mm-hmm. I was looking at the Constitution, mm-hmm. you know, the federal government, mm-hmm. like there's not really, we can't really like stop it either. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We can't really, like if you illegally mm-hmm. seceded, mm-hmm. we can't like legally stop you from seceding. Right. So just so everyone knows, all right, bye. I gotta go. <laughs> yeah. That was his style of leadership Amazing. in this pivotal moment in American history. Amazing. He comes up, he bumbles, he bumbles about. Yeah. He's like, the don't pug the South, please. And also yeah, yeah, yeah. don't secede. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also like, so sorry we can't stop yeah. you from seceding. The secession was happening during his... <clears throat> The remainder of his presidency. It was like the lead up to it. Yeah. He he was president when... It could have been when leadership needed to happen in order to squash it. To squash it. He was there. And he literally did nothing. Yeah. He was like... So we've had lots of bad presidents this season. Okay. Let's pretend Taylor is president and this is happening. Okay. All right. He would have at least like tried to like... Do something. Yes. Even though he was not a good president, he would have yes. tried to do something. Um, look at Martin Van Buren. He yes. would have come in. He would have done. I'm not saying it could have been yes. stopped. There would but have I, been I, something that I can think of each of these leaders and recognize this is the action they would have taken. Yes. Because in the past, when there was leadership necessary, these are the actions they, they took. would step up. No matter yeah. how bad of a president most of these guys yeah. were. Like yeah. when a crisis this big happened, yes. they yes. like put on their big boy pants yeah, yeah. and they went and talked to their guys and mm. they finagled something. Did they mm. do the right thing mm-hmm. always? No, but they like actually like did leadership mm-hmm. and like did politics mm-hmm. and like did the president thing. Mm-hmm. And Buchanan literally just like makes a speech mm-hmm. is like, ba-da, 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 mm-hmm. and then like washes his hands of it. Yeah. And this is like, the possibly the most pivotal moment mm-hmm. in the lead up to the Civil War mm-hmm. is with the South threatening secession. Yeah. Everyone, his generals, the governor, mm-hmm. everyone around him being like, this is serious. Washington mm-hmm. is more divided than it had ever been. It's yeah. very apparent, even to Buchanan. And he's just bumbling around his his the White yeah. House in his leather pumps his and pumps. his robe hmm. and slipping about and hmm. shaking people with two fingers. Yeah. Oh, they forgot about that part. Just extending his two fingers so and being gross. like, and we'll shake on it. <laughs> like index and ring finger. What? Or index and pointer finger. Do I don't know? know. I hmm. hope so. Not like the sh- the pinky and the pointer. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, in both regions of the country, people were looking to the president Mm -hmm. for reassurance that life would go on normally Mm -hmm. or something. Mm -hmm. Buchanan did not give that. Uh, He stoked the fire even more. Um, And by the way, Jefferson Davis's hand was involved in drafting this message. Oh, so, you know, he goes on to be the president of the Confederacy. Confederacy, yeah. Um and Buchanan though did unite the country yeah. in condemnation of this address. Well, everyone was like, "What?" There you go. We even know 
Even we. Even we, the people. The, the dummies of the country. <laughs> Even us, the not president. <laughs> the not no. presidents, no. <laughs> not what the president's crazy. supposed to do right now. Yeah. You're supposed to do it's something. so sick. Like, yeah. I can't. So cabinet members resign. <laughs> and like many of them go and join, end up going to join the Confederate cause. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, and then, you know, this mounting fear, these mounting fears, all these correspondences, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. he actually believed that South Carol- South Carolinians wouldn't attack any of the forts. He, like, he was like, they're not really going to do it, even though everyone around him is like, they're, like, going to do it. And he's Why like, Why wouldn't ah. they? Why would they not? I don't know. And so... He ends up being asked to withdraw troops by Secretary uh-huh. of War Floyd. Um, Buchanan <laughs> didn't follow his advice, which was good. This yeah. is like the one good thing yeah. he did here at yeah. the end. And then Floyd resigns. Floyd the secretary. Um, yes. Yeah. Tw- there's 21 days left in his presidency and everything's imploding. Uh-huh. Um, the refusal to move out troops is like the only positive move he made, which was him just telling a guy no. Well, that's just not doing anything. <laughs> Yes. All right. Um, within his administration, like the divides, he, you know, were really intense. He strikes me as a person who just took no actions ever. Uh, you know, even when like he's going to become Secretary of State under Polk, and uh, he goes back and forth on that decision yeah. multiple. No, oh, maybe I'll do that. <laughs> you know, so like, yeah. And guess who's in his ear during this time? Who's in his ear? John Tyler. President, oh. former President John Tyler. Wait. He's like writing in. Right now? Like at the end yes. of his presidency? Yes. Oh, God. He's opposed. He was opposed to secession for now. Yeah. Um, yeah. And was like trying to coordinate that peace convention. Yeah. I know we talked about it in the John Tyler yeah, episode. Yeah. It ends up being a totally terrible thing. But he's talking to Buchanan. Trying to, and Buchanan's just like, oh, yeah. okay. John Tyler is the one. Now, he will end up being a traitor to the country. He's yes. the only one. Yes. But he's the one that was, uh, he was the vice president, becomes president after, uh, uh, oh, who dies and makes Her- him president? Um, Her- yeah, William Henry Harrison yeah. dies, makes him president. And Tyler has the idea of let's stick it together the southern states that aren't like super pro slavery and like yeah. see if we can kind of work something out with them. Yeah. And then Buchanan messes that up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So then, you know, okay, it's finally time for Lincoln to come in. Buchanan's mm. like, woof, okay, woof. thank goodness. Thank goodness. Um, I only wanted one term. Yeah, they had a nice initial meeting. Yeah. Uh, on inauguration day, they rode down Pennsylvania Avenue mm-hmm. together and then up on a platform and looked down the crowd. And it's this show mm-hmm. of like unity. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's this big crowd. Lincoln, mm-hmm. gorgeous, gorgeous thighed Lincoln. Yeah. Thighs. Thighs for days. Yeah. Uh, he nails the speech. Yeah, yeah. Okay, he does speaker. his Lincoln thing. And Buchanan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like watches this whole thing, mm-hmm. right? He's. In the presence of like an actual politician. Yeah, yeah. Now, do you have the quote of what he said to Lincoln as he was leaving office? And, no, do okay. you? I, I I can't quote it exactly, but as as Lincoln is leaving office or is taking office and Buchanan's leaving office, he says to him something along the lines of, "If you are as happy to be taking this office as I am to be leaving it, you must be the happiest man in the world." <laughs> um. So. Yeah. He's like, I'm ready to go. He's like, cool, I did my four years. I'm sure Lincoln was like, oh boy, I, Bye. Got, I got stuff to Yeah. <sighs> but Lincoln's like a class act, so he he wasn't mean to Buchanan or anything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Of course not. No, yeah. no. Lincoln mm-hmm. is like uh Obama coming in. Yeah. 
to yeah. the uh, I mean it's not that far you know we've got a crisis happening at the end of Buchanan's administration the same as there was a crisis happening at the end of the W Bush administration yeah. and and um having someone who's very like stately and mm-hmm. like come in and you know yeah. well liked yeah. you know coming in yeah. so um yeah, so then Buchanan goes home to Lancaster mm-hmm. and there is a two mile parade for him and some 3,500 mm. people greet him. So he gets his spirits lifted. That's nice. Mm. Uh, and Wheatland was the name of his estate. Mm-hmm. And he was like, you know what mm. I'm going to do? I've been thinking. Mm-hmm. I feel like people probably think I didn't do He's a good like, job. So I'm going to write a book to explain oh, what yes. really happened. He's like, Buchanan, Buchanan, I've been planning. <laughs> I'm gonna mark. I'm gonna write a memoir and make it the new canon. And make it the new canon. Yeah, it's good. Well, you know, a lot of people don't have time after their presidency. They die, or they die of poop water diseases. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, he writes this book called Mr. Buchanan's Administration on the Eve of Rebellion. It's just about mm-hmm. the final weeks of office where he tries to like, you know, he's oh, like, God. yeah, I don't know if I I did that. I don't know about that. I gotta oh, make it. God. I gotta spin this. Okay. Um, well, but you yeah, got all the time in the world. Why not, buddy? Why not? So he stays at Wheatland, watches from a safe distance, mm-hmm. kind of writing this book, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, in he's just in his own world. So, like, for mm-hmm. example, in 1863, he visits Bedford Springs, Pennsylvania, and he mm-hmm. socializes with what he called, quote, several naughty secession girls from Baltimore. Pardon? So and he remarks how he loved them so and that it would be impossible for me to part from them and that it's a shocking idea that the and that shocking idea has never once entered my head of living in a separate confederacy with them so he's just like i can't believe this look at these cute little confederacy girlies (laughs) can't believe this situation we're in (laughs) back to wheatland back to wheatland you kind of had a hand in this buddy buddy boy anyway he's in his own little bubble lincoln when lincoln is assassinated um you know he's portrayed very much as a martyr which cements buchanan as Mm -hmm. like such a bad president like i think sometimes after a couple years things get a little bit forgotten and kind of like smoothed over but like time is only more and more cruel to buchanan as lincoln becomes this huge yeah you know like monolith yeah um and as it's very clear when we look back the lack of leadership from buchanan in a time when the country needed leadership like the most yeah yeah um when when his book comes out it's Mm. totally panned um (laughs) it's just like People call it tired, trite, just dwelling on old squabbles. Yeah. Um, his legacy is that he did nothing and he is routinely listed at the very bottom mm-hmm. of presidents for yeah. generations to come. Yeah, so there's yeah. no redemption for him. Yeah. When you're trying to look up uh, information about James Buchanan, there's a lot of like superlatives thrown around like the worst president. Oh, the book I re- yeah. read is literally called The Worst the, President, yeah. The Story of James Buchanan. Yeah, yeah. That's one I saw yeah. as I was. Yeah. You know, he he ends up dying in 1868 at 77 mm-hmm. years old. Um, he like took a tumble on the steps of his home, mm-hmm. and then not long after that, he catches a cold that he doesn't mm-hmm. recover from, um, and he dies uh, on June 1st of that year. Okay. He his will gives generously to his niece and her husband, mm-hmm. Har- who was the host of the White House, yes. Harriet and Henry Johnston. Mm. Um, and then the obituaries that follow were like shockingly harsh. So again, his legacy as time goes yeah. on 
is worse. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He was called an imbecile. Mm -hmm. He was called cold. Um, and quote, there was no policy that he did not both oppose and support. <laughs> That's nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, upon his passing, this is the cherry on top of the bad legacy. Do it. When he passes, there's these two routine congressional resolutions mm -hmm. that are related to the death of a like head of state, basically, that they do. Anytime a head of state yes, dies, yes. they got to put these resolutions through. Yes. These are standard Just, responses. Yeah, ceremonial. Yeah. Mm. So when this happened, um, someone was like, I actually would like to amend this one mm? for Buchanan, please. Yeah. Um, wanting to take out any allusion to patriotism in the resolution. Uh -huh. um, and so it actually ends up passing and they yeah. take it out of this resolution about the death of a head of state. Wow. Um, and it simply states, instead of saying like, oh, serve the country, da, 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 whatever yeah, yeah. it usually says, it just says, quote, one who has held such imminent public station. Oh. That's it. That's all it wow. gets. Just yeah. like you were in an important position. We can't deny. You were in an important position. Resume. Yeah. He, That's all we can say about you. He he uh he lost franking privileges, which what? is the ability to use the mail for your own private service. <laughs> yeah. Presidents typically, yeah, could could do that. They could send mail for free. Oh my god. And then gosh. That, that was no longer the case. And I don't wow. know if he abused that privilege or whatever, but That's hilarious. I have thought a lot this season about how people get into power has been about just being the person most willing to do something distasteful. Yeah. This hasn't been, you know, in the first season, it was like, oh, my goodness, we've got 56 people who signed the Declaration of Independence or whatever. Who who among these great men will get to hold the office? It was like a matter of like them aging out and dying. But with this, it's more like, oh, God, who can we get that will continue? I mean, if it had not been for the strong, whatever you want to say about Andrew Jackson, he yeah. held this nation together during the nullification crisis with his own bare hands yeah. and kept it. And That's his, true. his party is what kept that going of like, I don't care if you don't like what they're doing in the South. They're part of the union and we're going to keep them. Which is not to say that's like the morally correct thing to do. Right, right, right. But it is what was done to preserve the union. It was strong leadership. I think sometimes yeah. people, when talking about whether a president, you can look at whether a president's good or bad through the lens yeah. of how did they lead? Did yes, they lead the yes, country? Yes. Um, or you can look at it in, in other terms. And, yeah. and of course, we should look at the nuance and the person yeah, yeah. And, and like yeah. historically, like where what were the ramifications yeah. of their actions? Like, yeah, yeah. But if we look at just that metric mm -hmm. and we look at Jackson starting our season off with yeah. that strong leadership, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. he created essentially created a party he yeah. created a movement yeah. um a all of that stuff yeah he was a force to be reckoned with yeah. um a, a very evil murderous force yeah. but you know a force nonetheless yeah and ending with buchanan who is basically yeah. an old man in a robe an old humbugger <laughs> all right we got one more thing to do which oh, yeah. um is we need we need to know we james to buchanan's know. astrological sign <laughs> yes Yes, a James Buchanan was born on April 23rd, which makes him a Taurus. Uh, a Taurus born on April 23rd has a brilliant and original mind. They are joyous, irrepressible individuals who have the gift of making other people happy. 
Sure, yeah. I'll I give can it to see him. that. I see that. Yeah. They enjoy a number of hobbies, friend groups, and potentially even careers. Yeah. 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 Listen, James Buchanan. Okay. We bid you adieu. Goodbye. Goodbye, James Buchanan. We also are going to be saying goodbye for season two. Mm-hmm. We are not going to have a flashcard on Buchanan. We're going to pick that flashcard up at the beginning of season three. Yes. With the Civil, the Civil War. War. Yeah, we'll try to cover the Civil War yeah, in, a, in be, under an hour. Yeah, we should be able to do that in about 30 minutes. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to have a, another face-off with uh, Nemesis of the podcast. Ken uh, Burns. Ken Burns. Coward Ken Burns. No, I love Ken Burns. Yeah. I'm very excited. Yeah. We're going to watch all the Ken Burns Civil together. War stuff together yeah. um, and report back and both with a review of the yeah. the program and yeah. with and with a summary on um, um, the poli- kind of the more political side, probably, of the war. I just want to thank everyone who's been listening to the yes. first two seasons. There's going to be a, quite a little break. So mm-hmm. it's a great time to catch up on the mm-hmm. president's. Tell a friend that you think would like yeah. to have a laugh and learn a bit about American history. Mm-hmm. Um, leave us a review, mm-hmm. you know, subscribe, send us an email. Tell us what you liked about yeah. season two or emails in the show notes. We love to hear from we people do. and 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 want to hear what what you found interesting, yeah. what you didn't know. Yeah. Send us some stuff you think we might want to read. Um, yeah. If you have anything about upcoming presidents, cool resources mm-hmm. like videos, books. Mm-hmm. Like send us the links to those. We like Thanks. love that stuff. So, uh, so by the way, I just want to say, uh, be if if any listeners out there think, oh, I don't want to bother them. Please form a parasocial relationship with us. We would love it. <laughs> uh, yeah, send an email if you know us. Feel free, like if you know both of us, to create a group chat that's just the two of us and you. <laughs> I hate to say goodbye. I'm an overtalker, but it is time for us to go. Yeah. We both have to, uh, we both have school in the morning. Yeah, we have school in the morning and mm-hmm. we've been instructed by our parents to mm-hmm. take a break from presidents because it's affecting our grades and other yeah. classes. Yeah. So, um, yeah. this has been Pardon Me, a presidential history podcast. <laughs>